There's a story inside every smoke shop. With every cigar and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle of Bovida. This is Box Press. Welcome to another episode of Box Press. I am your host, Rob Gagne. I am sitting down with two legends in the industry, Lewis and Alec, his son. And as you know on the show, I love it when father's sons get on here because we get to play some fun games and break into some opportunities of how well do you know me. So gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, boy. this is great. This but is great. before we started the show, people out here know the stick. I ask you four questions about your son, and then I ask your son four questions about you. Yep. And let's play a little game of how well do you know me? And this is great for father sons. <laughs> I'm excited. Because there's four questions. If you get less than 75%, you have to dissolve your business, split ties. <laughs> He'll take Patriarch. You'll take the rest of the brand. <laughs> and it'll just be two separate brands after that, okay? Is, is that the deal? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah you yeah, have yeah. to form new entities okay. after well, this. You, you didn't tell me I was if signing you up don't, for this. If you get 75% or better, you don't have to do that. So <laughs> All right. pay attention, understand, think hard. Final answer, this is for a million dollars, okay? Right, we got it. All right. Lewis, you are guessing Alex's responses. Okay. What did Alex say your favorite band was? What's your favorite band? Band. I, I would think he would probably pick a singer, not necessarily or a artist. band. Or artist, yeah. It can be an artist. And it would probably be George Michael. Totally. You know your dad well. <laughs> that is correct. There you go. Alec got number one correct. Right on. He is so far one for one. <laughs> okay. So he, he might be taking Patriarch if you don't do it right. I got to be careful here. So uh, second question. What did Alec say your favorite TV show was? Um, if he's going to go based off what we're watching now, I don't think I have one in particular, it would be Yellowstone. Two for two. Two for two? <laughs> he's like, he questioned it. He's like, he really likes a different show. What was that show? Um, the show at the time. So I know my dad, you're a big fan of Seinfeld and everything. Oh, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld. Yeah, you're, you're like, he really Seinfeld. likes Seinfeld, but right now wrong. he's jamming on Yellowstone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I remember there was a point in time where he was at the house and he was watching it. I just ended up coming in doing something. I forget what it was at the time, but I walked in. And I see him laying down on the couch watching Yellowstone. He goes, I've been on a binge watch. This is the best damn show I've seen in a while. Why? Just good? Inten it's just like, really that good. It grabs you and yeah. you're like sucked in. Yeah, the characters but and everything. But a lot of the shows that Netflix and other companies are producing are just binge worthy. Yeah. And this one oh, is. Oh, yeah. Like Bridgerton. Did you guys watch no, that? No, I haven't seen it. No. Oh, my God. You got to watch. Okay. They, it's like uh, Colonial Times slash Slightly Modern. And on top of it, it's not my style at all, but I s got sucked into it because it's like a soap opera. Like, I want to <laughs> know what's next. I want to know what's going on. Well, I'm going to certainly check yeah. that out. My wife and I are always looking for something to binge watch. Bridger to, yeah. I'll, uh, well, I'll do it. I'll do it. I've, I've run across it. I've never clicked on it. When you stop watching a show and you uh -huh. go, what do I need to watch next? Just text me and I'll be like, I'll give you six opera, like six shows you got to it. watch. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to that. All right. Okay, next question would be, what is your, what is your dad's favorite food? Steak, 
So your favorite food is steak. But is there a specific steak in general that you like? Oh, wow. Um, like a cut or a yeah, style? Yeah, I, I like churrascos a lot. What is that? Uh, it's an Argentinian cut. Um, and second place would be, uh, I like fillets. I do eat a lot of fillets, but that would be it. The first one was what? A churrasco uh, entraña. It's, uh, a, it's skirt a skirt steak. steak. So is it thin, thin thick? It's medium. Um, it's really, it didn't make its way into Miami anyway until the Argentinian influx that we had. And now there's an Argentinian restaurant in every corner. Is that your favorite but, thing to make after a long trip? Uh, yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. Yep. He goes, my dad really likes those thin steaks. And when we come back from a long trip, he always makes one. There you go. That's his go-to. <laughs> his thing is cooking. I mean, if anything You like else, to cook? I love to cook. If it wasn't for the cigar industry, I think if anything else, he'd probably open up shop. I mean, he likes to experiment all the time. So, uh, and part of my language here, folks, but there was a portion of time when I was at a younger age, I'm still pretty young. A lot of my buddies would come around. My dad's like, oh, I'm, I'm whipping something up in the kitchen. And he wouldn't tell us what it was. And I'd always have to prep them up ahead of time. I'm like, listen, my father loves for individuals to come in here, try his food. And most of the time, it's weird shit. <laughs> if you enjoy it, phenomenal. I'm just keeping you guys posted now. Don't expect some chicken nuggets for dinner. It's probably going to be something a little bit out of the ordinary. And most of the time, it is. Uh, but I got to say, he, he makes delectable food. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So did you have any friends that were like, this was not good? Or they were pushing the food around and not really... Because it was out of their wheelhouse? Not at all, actually. Really? I, I have a really good buddy of mine. <clears throat> he's a Puerto Rican. Um, not that it makes any difference, but I've known him forever, and he really loves to cook, so he's got a completely different cultural palate when it comes to that side of the Hispanic culture. Yep. He will come over. There was times where he'd just show up unattended simply to have dinner at the house, and then Ooh. he'll go back and leave. You can, he can vouch yeah, for this. Sergio. He's, he's such is, a good kid. He's amazing. Awesome. I, I love him to he's death. So you're, you're famous. Exactly. On the cooking side. Oh, well, infamous. <laughs> Guy Fieri, you're next. Uh, no. You're next. No. Although I've, I've, I've done a couple a of his recipes. You might need a wig. I definitely need the wig. <laughs> you need the wig. If, if Guy Fieri has a bad hair day, I'm having a bad hair life, right? So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What did he say your biggest accomplishment was in life? In life? In life. This is like the pinnacle. I've done all this stuff, but this has been the best thing, the thing I'm most proud of. Raising these two, and he's not going to say that, but raising, raising, raising him and his sister. Raising um, him and his sister, uh, I, family. I think has been, yeah, my Building biggest a accomplishment. Yep. Yep. That, that parent love is unlike any other love uh, in yeah. the world. There's no words to explain it. Mm -mm. No, there's the English language or any language cannot explain the feeling that uh, comes. A hundred percent. And it's like you love your family, like your siblings, right? Mm -hmm. You love your mom probably the most sometimes mm -hmm. mom dad siblings then you your wife or your spouse sure there's a love there but then once you have a kid totally different kind of love totally no, no matchable no i no. wish there was a word for it because it's not love no it's it goes a, it goes beyond that there yeah. should be different words for different types of love <laughs> that's would be interesting Probably, you know, even, even in Spanish, which is a romance language, um, uh, if you listen to a song in Spanish, a ballad or whatever, the words are just beautiful. I would assume the same thing would occur in Italian or, or French for that matter, but I don't speak either of those. Um, but even as varied as the Spanish language is, uh, and as romantic as it is, you're right, there is no word that comes to mind. 
that right. goes to the point of what you're making right now. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I think my biggest accomplishment is definitely uh, he and his sister and and the man he's grown up to be and the woman my my daughter has grown up to be and um, they're just phenomenal kids. And I still look at him as kids. You got yeah. it wrong. I know. He's, he I said <laughs> running two half Ironman races. Actually, it was three, but that's three. okay. Three? <laughs> you don't even that know how many he runs. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I, not I, I, good. It was a while ago, to be fair. We won't I, deduct any more points for not <laughs> knowing the amount because we can't do that, but you're sitting at 75%. So that's go. good. There you go. You at least, as a consolation prize, get to take home a box of Patriarchs. At right the end on. Of this. <laughs> Okay. Right on. I'm glad you know somebody. That's awesome. Now, yeah, I do know somebody. <laughs> um, now we need to know how well you know your what son. I said. Okay. So, this is going to be interesting. All right, Alec, what did your dad say your favorite music band is? I'd say he'd go off. He'd probably go off to what I was listening to for a good couple of years. I'd say Twenty One Pilots would be his first choice. Boom. I number one. one I love it when they get number one. When they don't get number one, it kind of sets a tone for the rest. That's a little bit depressing. But if you can get number one, it's like, ah, that's good. That's why you don't start out with biggest accomplishment okay, in life, okay? Right. Yeah, you can I'm get that smart one a little yeah. bit when it comes go. to this. There you, go. you should know somebody's music. TV show, that can get a little interesting. Food, you should know. So I kind of give these redemption periods. So we'll see. So we'll the, see. Thing, the thing with me now is I, I do like 21 Pilots a lot. Um, and I knew my father was going to go down that route. Uh, they really got me into alternative music when I was essentially uh, getting into high school. I found them out through essentially an Instagram uh, advertisement. I kept on following their page. I really liked what they did. And then I really jumped into the very vast world of music. And right. you can ask my dad. I listened to everything across the spectrum. Um, well, yeah, your dad listens to George Michael. So, yeah, so there you go. There. He's getting all of it. <laughs> So, I, yeah, I mean, as of right now, I'd say, I don't, you know, I can't even coin a particular favorite that I listen to, like, consistently. I, I really do go across the gamut when it comes to it, but I'd say 21 Pilots is 100% up What's there. What's your favorite George Michael song? Oh, wow. Um, Waiting for That Day, which is an obscure song, but... That's yeah, okay, don't take the top 10 list, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like, what is George Michael known for? What song? Like what? Oh God! That whole Faith album was a phenomenal Faith, album, and yeah. then he did the older album, and I just you know when when he was with Wham, whatever, and I was a very young man at that point, I wasn't exactly enthralled with the whole thing. But then when he came out alone, and um, there was an article in Rolling Stone on the guy, uh, it just I'm like going, wow, dude! First of all, phenomenal vocalist, um, wrote his own music. And if you listen to the songs carefully, the lyrics all change. Yeah, there's that chorus, that kind of, that hook. Yeah. But the words will change, and they'll change just a little bit. Um, he'll kind of mix the words up a little bit. And I just, you know, I, I went to see him, my wife and I went to see him in concert a couple times. And, um, you know, he's no longer with us, right? But uh, we had a great, great time. Um, yeah, that's, that's my dude. I mean, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's kind of like that article from Rolling Stone that got you into him. Because once you make a personal connection to somebody or some brand, it amplifies it. It was it. the article. It was the article. Which is what we're trying to do here with Box Press. That's why we don't really talk about cigars. Hint, hint. <laughs> okay. So next, we got, we got one. Great. That's great. What is uh, 
favorite TV show? No, would it, wait a minute. Who's answering? You're answering. I'd have to answer for what he would what, say. What I yeah, said well, for you, and, and I struggled with this, but here we are. Hell, I, I'm going to struggle with it. Uh-huh. I don't know what you'd say. Um, Do you not watch a lot of TV? I'm not a big TV watcher. I, I've never really been that big on on um, on media, and it's not... I, I grew up, and I still am very much so a nerd to a T, so my thing is, on my free time, if I can smoke a cigar and afterwards I go and play some video games or I'll go see my buddies. We're very big into board games now, so I'm nerd We tried 100%. video games, but he couldn't even pull one out. He couldn't even name one. Well, so he's, that, he's changing he's, all the time. He knows you like to game, but he's so far removed from it, he couldn't even name mm-hmm. a game. Like Super Mario Brothers, I thought you might have said <laughs> that, but he couldn't even say that. So That's the what, thing. So I, if it were to come down to TV shows... I'm thinking it's more cartoon-based. I'm thinking you'd say something along the lines of Rick and Morty, something like that. Yeah, I said Family Guy. You Rick said Family and Morty. Guy? Okay, Family well, Guy's a you, pretty classic. You got close. You got cartoon-based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were close, you know? So, it's tough. But we got it wrong. Yeah, got it yeah, wrong. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I got it wrong. He, he has one wrong. You have one wrong. Yeah, okay. But this is the hot seat. You're in the hot seat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Should you get another one wrong, you're below the 75%. <laughs> I know. I'm done. And it's not looking good. <laughs> I think I think I'll get the next where one. goes. So... Let's hope you can redeem yourself on what is his favorite food. Mm-hmm. What did he say your favorite food was? Ramen. Ramen? I, You're I going got, ramen? I went with ramen. You went ramen. Final you, answer. You didn't go ramen? Of course I didn't go ramen. Because every time we have lunch together, you're eating those chicken tender things. It's chicken this and oh, chicken Oh, yeah, that. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, but, but you got it wrong, okay, so I'm done. But, but <laughs> there is chicken-flavored ramen. Is that your favorite ramen? No. <laughs> oh, my God. I gave him, like, you could have lied or something. It's like a white lie. You could have totally, we could have, like, bitch. saved the brand. And the whole company could have been saved right now. You just flushed it down the toilet. It's over. I dropped the ball. You got to dissolve mean- the company. Call the lawyer right now. It's over. The, the thing with that is, like, I, and he, normally he'd be in the right ballpark. I, I Chicken for whatever, I love chicken. I do. I just, no matter what, and especially uh, boneless wings, which I know he's not too happy, but he likes bone-in wings, so I always get the boneless. And for the longest time... Those aren't wings. No, no they're not. Thing is a boneless People wing. who get boneless what the wings hell is that? have something wrong with that. Yes. Listen, I think I'm doing it's all right. It's not a wing. I like it's boneless wings. It's not a wing. Wings. It's a chunk of white meat. <laughs> what, 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 what's that? going on here, man? We're being double-teamed. It's not fair. Well, there's two types of people, those that do boneless and those that don't. And there's a clear line down the middle. <laughs> you don't cross over. Somebody offers me boneless wings, you know what I say? I'm good. Yeah, I, I don't agree. say, sure, let me snack on some of that crap. <laughs> That's just how you. I take it. But um, I've been more into ramen. Ramen is my go-to as of right now. There's well, a had lot they of- asked me your favorite restaurant, I would have gotten that right, which, is, which specializes in ramen. But there you Which go. one? Ichimi. You're Ichimi. in Miami? It's in Coral Gables. That place? They Coral have Gables? phenomenal, phenomenal ramen. Where did we go last night, Matt? We went somewhere for ramen last night. Okay. I'm going to pull it up. Ichimi is next to um, Gable Cigar Gable Shop. Gable Cigar Shop. Hachidori Ramen Bar Okay. in Northeast 2nd Avenue, Miami, Florida. You're familiar with that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are? They have some pretty good meals there. It was okay. It was yeah. good. I mean, but I, I, the I, sticky buns were amazing. They make amazing oh sticky buns. Oh, my God. I could have had three or four of those. That's like the, the their diamond in the rough. So you normally you'd go to this location to pick up ramen and then a variety, but those sticky buns are something else. Sticky buns, great. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the uh, what did we have? We had pork belly. Um, 
and it's like the bread thing, but it's very doughy. It's almost like non-cooked bread. What are those called? Yeah, the bao, uh, the bao buns. The, the, yeah, the bao buns. buns. The bao buns. Yeah, the so the pork belly wasn't thick enough, and I told her I was like, you know, if I could give you any, you know, criticism, because I love good criticism. The pork, the 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 meat to bread ratio matters, and it just wasn't thick enough. She goes, no, we like that. We like that. She went back and they. She told the, the chef, and he goes, yeah, he's working on it. Like, he's oh, okay, trying cool. to actually source thicker cut. Nice. I'm like, oh, that's great. But they got thicker cut in my pork belly ramen, so I was like, I'm confused. I'm like, why don't you just put this in there? In yeah. there. I mean, that's all I'm asking. In yeah. the album. Yeah, but yeah, maybe yeah. it's a different recipe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, decent ramen. We like. I was thinking you were thinking, like, the ramen packs that are, like, 21 cents. Oh. You are a former, like, just graduated from college, so that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. You have no money. You, you know, <laughs> as it, you got to eat what you can eat, and you can only afford so much. They're pretty good. I got to be honest with you. I still like them. I don't think they're that good. <laughs> you know, whatever. My wife, when she gets sick, that's her go-to. That's her thing. I have yep. to run out and go get ramen. I have okay. to. It costs me more to run out and go get it than it does to actually, like, just pay for it. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's 21 cents a pack. <laughs> yeah. When I'm there, I buy like the whole shelf yeah, 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 because absolutely. I'm like, I don't want to come back. Well, what happens is she eats everything I bought before she gets sick again. I'm like, woman, I'm trying to like <laughs> stock up a little bit so it doesn't cost me $8.27 every time you want ramen. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> that's, that's our thing. What did your dad say your biggest accomplishment was? I see. I'm also thinking two roads. One, because he knows I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled, thrilled to be a part of this industry, um, especially growing up around it and just to actually kind of get my hands in uh, as of late. It's, that's something that I'm extremely happy with. But I had to say, if I were to really choose a number one, I'd say graduating, finishing my undergrad. You skated finishing. by with a 50%. That was really good. I was, I was completely that was killed really by the ramen. Good. He's very happy I thought you would about have the graduation. Ramen. Love it. Extremely. We failed on ramen and chicken, but it was a close. <laughs> it was close. I won't make you dissolve the company. It's okay. We want to keep the brand Appreciate going. It. We'll save it for you guys just so you can try these cigars. We are. What are we smoking right now? That is our 7x43 Flacos. That cigar, so, and we've done the story on a few occasions. That cigar was the one that was a part of the robbery that happened with us back in 2019. Yeah, you guys got robbed. So, you guys, um, I have some stats here. You got robbed of a total of 25,000 cigars, which is a total value of over Mm $150,000. It was a a hefty price to pay, something that we were very obviously bittersweet on. And this cigar was part of that robbery. Oh, yeah. So, that was actually the main reason that the robbery was was an enormous, besides obviously a robbery, and that's a big deal. We were uninsured at the time and so forth. But those cigars at that time, limited edition, 500 count of Habano and Maduro. And we say this all the time, if you bought a certain box, because that number, they're all numbered, um, they all came out of sequence too at that, so for a little bit of a backstory on that, but if you wanted a certain box because that number meant something to you, we did not know if it was stolen or if you already have received it because we sent it to a shop. And there was no way to check that. So you had a certain amount of these that were numbered boxes go out. And you had another certain amount of boxes that were numbered that got stolen. Correct. And we so didn't you're know missing which, numbers. We didn't know which was which. So mm-hmm. I didn't know box five had been sold to Rob or box five had been stolen. I had no idea. 
Um, we so have no idea. So did you correct that now? No, because no, that no. that sounds pretty nice because, you know, if I know I only sold boxes one through 500 mm-hmm. and you somebody shows up with box 600, who'd you get this who'd from? Who'd you get that from? Yep, exactly. The way we solved it now is the, the inventory that came now, because we relaunched this at uh, TPE this year. And let me give you a little backstory on that. When those were stolen, we didn't replace them. That line was discontinued. Um, you didn't th- replace them? We never replaced them at all. You didn't call up the factory and say, boy, I need those No, back. no, no, because, because the boxes, again, had come out of sequence, and I just couldn't do that. Tank on boxes, very elegant boxes, and they were numbered. So that, out of the entire lineup, was discontinued. What happened along the way was people would, over the course of time, kept showing up whether it be a podcast or we'd go to an event somewhere and somebody would show up with one of these things like a unicorn, like a, look what I've got. I've got an original and I'm saving these last two because 10 count boxes are very few and for right. somebody to hang on to them that long. And there was this clamor to bring them back, bring them back, bring them back. So last year we had them rolled and boxed. We made 750 this time. And the boxes themselves, to differentiate them from the others, first they were 750, the other was 500, but they also have the year 2021 engraved on top of the box itself. It was four years between 2018 and 2022 when we just launched these. So when the 750 are gone, of uh, both the Maduro and the Abano, it'll be 2025 when they'll be rolled and 2026 when they'll be launched. So it'll be four years. Once they're gone, they're gone. Um, and Essentially, it was really more for those folks that were a fan of that size to begin with, uh, were clamoring for it, and it was, it's a fun project. So that's what we've done. Sure. Uh, but, you know, they're coming now from, or they came from the factory in boxes, master cases, where the numbers are written on. So I know exactly what's in each. This is a whole different ballgame. The first time they just came, and now we've got numbered boxes so I know exactly what I've sold like we took out number box number one and number two for Alec and myself we've got those um, I've got friends of mine who have purchased them um, specifically a certain number shops have purchased specific numbers now we know what's gone right. and what's there yeah even better then the break-in actually turned into a positive because uh, this guy right here since we didn't have the flacos um, and we couldn't make up that money he comes up with the sledgehammer la mandaria uh, which is sledgehammer in spanish because the individuals who broke into our warehouse took a sledgehammer broken through the wall in the alleyway and then cut into the humidor they stepped in and then they never opened up the humidor door thereby not triggering the alarms i didn't have sensors inside now i do but whatever don't judge me uh i wasn't (laughs) thinking like a thief back then I thought the only way you could get to the humidor was through the front door, the bay door, the yeah, back door. Yeah, you know, why didn't they go through a door? It seems like a lot easier to smash through a door. Had they gone through the door, the alarm would have triggered. Ah, that's why. And that's why I think they used the, the sledgehammer. So and they go through the brick. That's the thing. Even the, the humidor door, like my father just finished saying, was alarmed. So they were smart enough to understand that going through the front would mean the alarms would siren off. So they went through the back. They and they needed the a lot of time because they're passing boxes out of this they little sledgehammer spot. Yep. Five hours. Five hours they were there? Five hours. Oh, yeah. You can't go through the front door. Yeah. You got yeah. like five minutes. Five hours. Yep. They got spooked hours. at one point. They left. They covered up the hole with some piece of plywood. 
I mean, everything's caught on camera. Um, so you were what? Did you watch the full five hours? Uh, no, we started. You know, we fast forwarded certain right. certain videos. The the cameras are all placed throughout the alleyway, and our neighbors all had different angles. So there was a lookout car in the front. We saw the car pull up, turn the lights on, saw them go. You know, get spooked, come back. Cause somebody in the front, the location is no longer available right now. Um, the company's no longer available. They came in the middle of the night for whatever reason. It was a Sunday night, and they showed up. So the guy flashes the lights. The guys run away. They come back. Yeah, it was wow, it was very painful, painful to watch. Very orchestrated. Very dedicated. And as we spoke earlier, I mean, they, I think it's the same dudes. They've hit several, several companies here in Miami, uh, cigar right. companies. Uh, we're not the only ones. No one's ever been caught, which is a mystery to me. But um, yeah, what do you it, do with the tobacco? It, I mean, it's all banned in a box. You gotta you break do it that? down and sell it. So Put different. You know, the sledgehammer was born in in in, yeah. uh, in July for the for the PCA that year and um, we took a sledgehammer with us and it was going to be a limited run. It was going to be a one and done. And the sledgehammer cigar. Uh, yeah, yeah, La Mandaria. Which is great idea. Thank nice you. It was great. And yeah. it became probably our second best seller, I think, mm-hmm. out of the entire lineup. So now it's <coughs> part of the rotation. Um, it's a, it's, it wasn't a limited edition then. It so was, was going to be, but now it's no longer a limited edition. Because it was so successful. Correct. Yep. And that cigar would not have been even given thought to had it not been for that break and you guys left it as a shaggy foot yeah why well i wanted something a little different because it looks a lot like our abano toro although it's completely different blend so i wanted that and then that became a conversation piece with consumers when you light up that shag foot you're smoking filler and binder yeah no No wrapper wrapper. and then when the wrapper kicks in it changes the cigar completely so what happened would be when i would meet a consumer and we'd talk about this i go listen you're going to be smoking through filler and binder for a few minutes and then the wrapper is going to kick in and you're going to notice how much difference that wrapper makes in a cigar um and it's really really accentuates the difference yeah and it became kind of like the consumers come back and go hey man you're right i go yeah there you go yeah so now you know that wrapper does play an important part in the construction of that yeah, cigar and the, the flavor profile. Absolutely. Tasting experience. Just like a a, yep. a closed foot is all wrapper. Yep. And you can taste it. Yep. Exactly. It's the exact same like, thing. Except the I don't the toast closed foot cigars because I want to taste it. So I quickly light it and take a few puffs to, what is that wrapper tasting? Like? Yep. Yep. So it's the opposite. Shaggy it's the opposite. foot is the opposite. It's the opposite. I love it. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought maybe shaggy foot because of just the complete and total dishevelment of the of the building and like the whole like that, that's you know a, it's not a perfectly cut hole. That's a better answer, but uh, no, it was just for okay. That's my said. answer. So we made it a shag foot because they broke through our wall and it's just utter chaos, and that's what the shag foot represents. You guys want me to join the marketing team? Absolutely. Okay, <laughs> I'm in for this. Been <laughs> then during the pandemic, I was really terrified for a couple of months because the factory shut down and I thought. You know, if nobody's working, because we don't know how long it was going to be, but people stopped working, right? Everything was shut down. Even Florida shut down. But if you got disposable income and you're not getting an income from your particular job, you're going to spend it on food, electricity, things that right. are much more important than this. And lo and behold, people started drinking and smoking. Uh, and it was incredible. It was just amazing. It just there was an uptick in cigars sales i know there was an uptick in liquor sales oh yeah uh, and it became 
a, a, a boom for us. And it's still going on. This is reminiscent of what happened in the 90s. There was this huge boom in the 90s of cigars and cigar smokers. Um, the difference between now and then, this is a mini boom compared to that, but boom compared to that. But now there's a boom going on, but all the manufacturers, I think, are doing the very best they can to come out with the very best product they can. Right. In the 90s, it was just crap. Right. You could, you could literally wrap a, a dog turd with a, some kind of crappy tobacco leaf and people were buying it. Uh, I remember seeing cigars where when these are finished and they're going through packaging, oftentimes a wrapper will break. Well, that's discarded and rewrapped. You can't sell that. Back in the 90s, you would put a patch on it. You'd get a little piece of wrapper There's that matches it and you, some and you glue it on. people that do that. It that bugs me. I'm like, what are you doing? That should not be done. I know. That should not be done. But in the 90s, that I was going on. I just put a patch on it. Yeah, just put a patch yeah. on it. Put, a ply, put the plywood over the hole. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Jesus Maybe God. that's the next cigar. Plywood. Plywood. Patch. Patch? The patch. The patch. The patch. <laughs> and you have, patch, have patches everywhere all over the cigar. That's that's patches not a bad all over it. But make it very artistic patches. Absolutely. That's and a then good idea. It doesn't even need to be a patch, but it's just like we, the patch. You can call the it patch. the patch. Yeah. You can do maybe. Do I get credit for that if it does come out. Great. Thank <laughs> you. It's your guys' story, not mine. I uh-huh. love it. Your brand actually first debuted in 2017. Mm-hmm. 2017, April 1st, to be exact. Any reason for April 1st or just my grandmother's birthday? Your what? My grandmother's birthday. That's yeah, when I've you never talked to about that, but it was yeah. Um, You've I'm, never talked about maternal, why you launched. No, it was April first. First on April first. It was my uh, it wasn't maternal to play, grandmother's uh, birthday. April Fool's joke or anything? Nope. Hey, we're launching. We're <laughs> no, 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 no. My, my grandmother's birthday. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Nope. Uh, why your grandmother's birthday? Why is that the most important? Uh, it just we were ready to launch, and it could have been maybe memory serves a week earlier or a week later. Why not pick that particular date when it had a meaning to me? Uh, in other words, we weren't ready to launch in February. Right. And um, certainly late March, we were ready. Um, not just wait a little bit more and then remember the exact date. Not just some so, arbitrary like March 27th or something. What does it mean to launch, though? Does that mean you're going to start selling that day? Or you've already sold, these are out in the shops, and now now you're going to say the grand opening Well, we don't, brand. You know, we don't have a grand opening, right? Because we, right, we're, you're we're, in shops. Exactly. Um so the launch, we actually went to my local shop in Miami. It's called Masters. Um, there's a big connection there between, I know you talked to Jack Tarano yesterday, who was a dear friend. Um, Masters is owned by a gentleman named Felipe. Okay. And it's on 8th and 139th, and that is the closest shop to me. It's within two miles. Um, right around wow. the corner. And so he had worked for a long time with Tarano, and the Tarano family I have a deep, deep love for and um, it seemed to be the, the place to do it, so we did it. And launch means you actually, at this point you've sold them in different locations to some degree, but you do the official, hey everybody, come on out. PR launch, and, 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 you know, get the media out yep, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm glad you haven't shared that with anyone else. It's nope. a box press exclusive. That's, that's actually a very true statement. See, that's, that hasn't keep been watching shared. the show, you only get stuff here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As if that matters to me, I don't know. Maybe it does. And that, and that burglary happened just two years later in 2019. February 11th. How big of a hit does that make on financials? I mean, it's all about cash flow and buying product. And more importantly, this is product that you can't 
you can't just be like, hey, distributor, I need more. No, you got to go, do we even have enough tobacco to roll this stuff again? My, my, my dad came in, I mean, because I mean, we have the factory, right? I think without the factory, backtrack this, Alec mentioned in passing that we were uninsured. We had moved into the location just a few weeks earlier uh, after we had revamped it. We had just bought it, and I didn't have the uh, fire extinguishers yet out. So we hadn't even called an insurance company to come and insure. And, uh, and that's it, the only reason why it was uninsured? Yeah, it was uninsured. Because yeah. it was too new and you moving into the lease. We'd been there, I think, three weeks before we got broken into. Yeah, it was close to a month. Yeah, yeah three so weeks, three, three weeks. Wow. Because um, when you told me you weren't insured, I was like, why are you not insuring that, that this was, valuable product? That was the reason. There you go. So yeah. we, um, we were just not prepared. Uh, and it was a big hit. I remember calling my father and letting him know what happened. And he says, hey, relax. By Friday, I'll have cigars over there for you. And he, sure enough, he shipped them. And then a couple of weeks later, we caught up and everything. But your dad but doesn't get emotionally. My, he's not. My so dad's Mr. Spock. Cuban, right? He's yes, Cuban. Sir. And you say, and we've talked that Cubans are very passionate and very, mm-hmm. they talk with their hands and aloud and. Yep. But that's not your dad. Mm-mm. So that, it's not a. It's not all it's across not the board. It's not all across the board. There's That's different the types of people. And so if you told your dad, I'm selling Casa Cuevos for $3 billion. He would sit there and say, that's phenomenal. And that's the end of it. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's I would be jumping up and down and be like, really? Mr. Spock. I'm, I'm not living here anymore. I'm going. He's going I'm out. Yeah. I'm traveling. Yeah, exactly. I'm going right? to go buy a motorhome and follow Dave Matthews <laughs> There you go. Tour. That's cool. I'm going to be at every show. Front row. <laughs> what up, Dave? <laughs> Uh-uh. Okay. What would you do if you become financially independent and wealthy? What would you what would your lottery ticket like buy be? Like mine's a motorhome and go follow my favorite band across the country. Hmm. Prior to the pandemic, question. I mean let's assume this is gonna pass. Yeah, yeah, let's uh, I would love to take a cruise around the world. Private cruise or public cruise? No, it could be a public cruise. I wouldn't have a problem You're with it. You're a billionaire. I know. You, that's three commas. Know. Think about it. <laughs> One, two, and three. three. Most people only get that's to a, maybe that's two. A, that's a lot of zeros, <laughs> There's right? There's not a lot of people in the three comma the You're right. club. You're right. But and I, you're in the three comma club. You could buy your own private yacht, have your own private captain. And well, you're going to get on a public? I, 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 I'm thinking like a guy that's not a billionaire. So, you're going yeah. to be on Carnival. But I'd like to... No. The, the, the dude, the, the billionaire on Carnival. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Maybe I'd, uh, I'd buy one of the ships on Carnival. But I, I think I, I would do you that. Buy what Carnival. I wouldn't do is I wouldn't retire, though. I would not stop Well, working. no, but I'm just saying have fun for a minute. I, I'd do that. That's okay. the thing. Cruise around the world, I think, would be kind of cool. What would you do, Alan? Hmm. I don't know. I, if anything else, I'd most likely, I'd like to go on ahead and place a lot of that into investments. So first off, actually getting properties. We're talking about fun? fun stuff. For fun. So yeah, I don't no, want to talk about aside. investments and 401ks. For and fun. Tell you what, because I, I do love traveling a good amount. I'm also very big into photography. It's just, I, I love photography. Um, I feel like there's, a, there's an amazing art to it. I'd see myself, if I did have that budget, going to locations that normally you'd need to spend a pretty penny on so checking out all of asia for example where if you wanted to get a flight now to japan uh, a year in advance it's close to about eleven hundred dollars so that right off the bat i get covered right and that's minute in comparison to three billion dollars you could take a private jet over to japan you don't need to plan a year in advance (laughs) that's the thing but get the plane ready i'm going 
See, I I do that, and then I'd also. You guys aren't thinking like three comma people here. Let's get up in the let's get in up the stratosphere. There. Yeah, and, and I'd also most likely uh, put it into an island. If I can get a you separate island, island, I'd buy an island. All right. He's a uh, Jeff Bezos over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. I know. You're get not. An island. I mean, it's three commas, but I mean, you know, how much is the whole island? <laughs> Maybe it's the whole three billion. That's the thing. But I, even then, I and that, I feel so like that would be a treat. So then you're just a poor guy on a three billion dollar <laughs> island. Yeah, with a camera. <laughs> with a camera. <laughs> with a camera. I, I'm really, I'm really simple. You can ask my dad. I've always just kind of been like that. I'm not the type to really ask for much and. Um, Actually, I'm, I'm, to, to a fault. Nobody, I don't know. Yeah. You guys seem like pretty flashy guys to me. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, right? We struggle, his mom and I, um, getting them, getting him particularly a gift for birthday or, or Christmas or anything like that because he just doesn't ask for anything. He really doesn't. Yeah. Really do you guys does. do gifts? My family stopped, my wife's family pretty much stopped doing gifts. We do the gifts. And we do experiences now. Do so the there's gifts. four couples uh-huh. and each couple... Per quarter, picks a a weekend. Quarter, cool. And they do an event. So we've done like bowling. We've gone and seen art shows. We've done camping. That's we've done uh, pottery. So it's kind of like if it's my my wife and I's weekend, we pay for the majority of everything, uh, and then that's that's our gift to everyone. An experience. I like that. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, and I don't have to worry about like, oh, what is her mom like? What is her dad like? Oh, I know her dad way better than her mom, and oh man, I wish I had him. I get it. You know what I mean? I like that. Yeah, it's, it's I, great. I mean, let me do some of that. People are more inclined to uh, to talk about experiences than they would gifts, most definitely. So same thing, yeah. similar to traveling. Yeah. The, I I don't think the last time I talked about something was a gift I no, got. No, no, that's that's true. I talked about something we did together. We're yeah. we're, we're big on the, on the travel thing, and uh, and that's the point I always bring up. We um, <laughs> we've been fortunate enough to travel with these kids. Sister's not here. Um, as a family, quite a bit, and travel always comes up much more than whether it be you went to a place or you've been to a place where I wanted to go and visit, or hey, I visited that place too, and then we'll talk about that commonality. But yeah, I've never talked about I don't know a watch or a pair of shoes or whatever the hell it may be. I just yeah, you're right. Gifts never really right. come up. You're absolutely right. Yeah, we're a firm believer in that. You guys travel as a family every year. Like, do you take one trip as a family every year? We we used to take a couple as a family every year. The, the factory shuts down in the summers. In um, the summer? And forgive me, in the summers, in the winter. I was going to um, say, boy, that's not a good idea, but whatever you decide yeah, right? to do with your that, factory is up to you, my th- friend. There, there goes the brand. That's a secret sauce. Every factory, we do it different. We shut down during in the, the busy summer. time. Absolutely. When, yeah, we're, right? when we're scheduled to go to... Uh, to Vegas right. for the convention. We don't like to launch any new products. Yeah. We're nah, good. Nah, nah, yeah, we're that's good. not in our wheelhouse. But a couple. We do, a couple, we do um, things like we spent Thanksgiving with my family in Scotland. We went to Edinburgh um, a couple she years really ago before the pandemic. Me. Or, you know, we'll, we'll take a trip during spring break when they were in college and went to London just for a couple of days. Um, Just a couple days to London? That's a long flight, man. That's like... You know, uh, a, all we did in, in Edinburgh, which is a long flight as well, we did uh, Wednesday, Thanksgiving, Friday, and then that Saturday, and we came back on a Sunday. It was four days. Oh, I'm not doing that. It I was want awesome. to be there for a week. I went to Spain, awesome. and I was there for two weeks. We've done the Spain thing or several 10 days? times. I don't know. Something. But, yeah, we do a lot of like, these mini trips. Um, That's good, though, that you guys can do that, because that just... And is it like... It's awesome. Do you... 
<clears throat> do you Airbnb it or do you get a hotel and then do you have like an itinerary schedule? Like, there's an itinerary. You want to try wife, to get everything in? My wife's really good about setting the itinerary, but when you visit a city for that short a time, you can focus on that city and, and not really miss so out on the You don't feel like you're hustling to get. Correct. You want to spend less time traveling once you get there and more time experiencing. Correct. And we, we've That's done smart. that. That's and good advice. And it's worked yeah. out. Um, so anyway, yeah, we, we've done stuff like that. We've, we've actually traveled a lot as a family. My wife and I have been on trips without he and his sister, I think maybe three times in our lives. And, and that's about it. Mostly they were, now they're getting three older times? and it's a little more difficult. The rest of the time, it, they've always gone with us. They've always that's gone with impressive. us. That's impressive. Even when they were tiny. Yeah, now that you're going to be an empty nester, though, it's going to be very interesting how, how that is going to change. Well, it's, it's changing already. Yeah. yeah. You, you can sense it you, and feel and it. And they're doing trips on their own, too, with their right. friends, and they take off. And so, yeah, right. you, it's Which palpable. Cancun, here I come. No, that's yeah. the thing, though. I, I, I really do like checking out new locations and... I, I do follow by that principle of you're, it's better off to spend the minimal amount of time actually getting there, and it's more so about experiencing it. But I'm very on the road. I like to be on the road. I like to see different little locations, uh, find niche spots. And it's not all about bars. It's not all about that sort of thing. For me, it's a lot of the different food, the culture shock right. in that regard. And it's also about you come across something that the locals consider to be a diamond in the rough. And those are the really cool locations yeah, to get to come across. Yeah, you want to get connected with the locals. Exactly. And you just came back from three weeks of being on the road <laughs> in Texas and Philadelphia, uh, no, Pittsburgh, and then where uh, TPE, you were at TPE, so Vegas. Vegas and so, California the week after that, before that. California. Yeah. So the one thing that I always do, especially like the cigar community is very gracious and like the hospitality that any cigar brand or maker or person gives me is always second to none and i got here we got taken out and we sit down for food and he asks what do you what do you guys like to eat and i go you know what we'll eat anything and the best thing that you can gift us right now is just ordering for us so he's like really and i was like yeah and he just orders everything in spanish so i have no idea what's coming <laughs> and when it hits the hits the table we just we go we try and mm -hmm. experience because I learned at a very young age, I, I hated the way something looked, so I didn't want to try. Uh -huh. So I, there's like a hot dish. You yep. guys know what hot dish is? Yes, sir. <laughs> Lewis, I, I love your face right I now. Don't. What's hot dish? Welcome to the Midwest. Uh, basically, you take uh, maybe like the ingredients might be like a potato or rice or some sort of starch then some sort of meat, some sort of vegetables, and then like some sort of sauce, put it all together and bake it. Okay. That's a hot dish. Okay. And then you just spoon it out, and it's like you don't need anything else with the meal because everything's in there. They have vegetables, meat, and starch. Yep. Yeah, You're yeah. good to go. So there was a hot dish, and it looks like crap. It looks like porridge. It looks like stuff you would serve in prison or concentration camp. It's like not great, but it tastes amazing because it's great ingredients, right? Yep. So I learned that early on. I was like, no, you know, I was like five, six, seven years old. I don't want that. I don't want that. They said, just try it. I tried it. I was like, I want more. So now <laughs> I just carry that little lesson. It may not look great. It may not be something that I, I, I think I'll like, but I have to try it yep. in order to know. Definitely. And once you try it, then you can say no. But if you say no in the beginning... Well, no is you never had it before anyway. That is correct. So that's the same. Yeah. 
But no, I didn't like it is I said yes to trying it. Yep. It's really neat. I'm on this whole kick of saying yes and no. It's like a big philosophy in my life. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we talked earlier yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No is status quo. Yes, you actually have to do something. Did you resurrect the Casa Cuevas Reserva brand? Yeah, originally it was called uh, Cuevas Habanos. And my dad and my uncle had attempted this in the 90s, uh, early 2000s, to come out with a brand. And it was actually sold in all the places in Kansas City, Kansas City, Missouri. Um, it never went anywhere. It didn't do Not anything. Not Miami? Not in Miami. Kansas Boy, City. Boy, you are City. out of your wheelhouse up over in, in Kansas. Kansas City. <laughs> what are we doing? Dorothy, what are we doing right? in Kansas right now? In Kansas. And, uh, Why we Kansas? Ha- we have a, a, a distant relation called Ivan. His name is Ivan Cuevas. I've never met the gentleman. And uh, my oh, uncle and my dad. Just he shares the same last name? Well, he's related to us somewhere along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Ivan uh, was in charge of selling these things over there in Kansas City. And, uh, Did and, he own a shop? And or never, just I, I, I mean, there was a couple of shops that I got the names of way but back Ivan when. Ivan didn't own a shop. No. He's a cigar broker. He was basically. a cigar sales guy, yeah. I don't know what the arrangement was between my, my uncle and my dad and Ivan, but that's the only place we were being sold. Um, and that faltered, and it faltered in a hurry. So when I revived it, I couldn't trademark the word Abano. Right. So that means But Cuban. the FDA allowed yep. you to change it. You could keep the line because it's a grandfathered product. So it passed muster with the FDA and the regulations and whatnot. Right. Way when, back when they were, like, uh, they were essentially hanging a guillotine over the entire yeah, yeah, industry. Yeah. Um, so they would allow you to come out with the same sizes, same box count, and you could change the name, though. So we called it Reserva, and that's the way that came up. Uh, Nothing so against Kansas, by the way. Great, great area. No, by the way, I love that part of the country. We, we've but gone there several times. But just not the spot that I would probably launch a cigar. The guy was living there. I love Kansas right. City. Okay. So that's that. Mm-hmm. That's where that Did the out. blend change, though? No, we tried to keep it as much as we could. But, I mean, clearly, uh, crops change. Right, but did you have the same types of... Of ingredients that yeah. we did? Yes. Okay. It's stayed true to form. So, I mean, you're... Stay true to form. And, and that's and did why... Did you have any of those cigars to smoke to see what it tasted like? No. Or is it all off of memory? No, my dad has all the blends of anything we've ever done written down. And he writes it by hand. Where does he keep those? Yeah, he keeps them <laughs> you gotta find in the in filing the cabinet shop. right next to his desk, behind him on the right-hand side, bottom drawer. You got a sledgehammer I can buy? Is that thing locked or is it just open? Maybe it's, I don't even need a sledgehammer. It's, it's just open. It's just open? It's just open. You guys, I'm going to help you with security problems. <laughs> Lock up the recipe and get security on the inventory and then ensure that stuff, and okay? ensure that stuff, right. Absolutely. Do you have copies of this notebook? You might want some redundancies, like digital redundancies, Paper redundancies, possibly. I, I don't think so, there's any copies. I think I think Marisol has gotten a couple copies. Has she gotten some? She shared a few with me you that know, I ended up seeing. There's this She's thing doing called a the bank side. that has like a lockbox for you called called a safety deposit really? box. Really, is one of those? I think you might want to invest in a couple. Possibly. One in the DR or Nicaragua. Where are they where are the cigars being made? Dominican, Dominican Republic, Dominican. Santiago. We'll get one in the Dominican. Get one in Cayman because that's just like a, that's like the wild wild west. Uh-huh. Nobody nobody thinks to look in Cayman and then. Also get one here. So you'll have like a triple redundancy. Duly we noted. back up all of our footage three times. So just, you know, word to the wise. Duly noted. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. My dad writes everything, even the bookkeeping that he does 
for the factory. Everything is by hand, and every once in a while, the internet has gone down at the factory, and they don't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. It's just because he does it old school. Yeah. I mean, literally, everything is done by hand. I don't hand. need the internet to do my work. Here yep. we go. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Payroll? Yeah, that's still going out. Don't uh, worry about uh-huh. it. I know how much you made this week. That's interesting. Do you think that we've relied too heavily on technology in our lives? I do, but it's indispensable, right? But uh, I do. I do think There's we There's a change, though. I mean, I can't... I can only heavily. remember my childhood phone number and my wife's phone number because I have to type it in for uh, grocery points. Okay. Yeah, but other the, than that... The, the, but when, I, when we were going up, I get arrested. everybody's number. Yeah. If, right now, if I get arrested and my wife doesn't answer, I'm staying at the jail because I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know any other phone numbers? No, sir, I don't. Can I look at my phone? No, sir, you cannot. You okay, I'm stuck here. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I hear you. I mean, could you rattle off your wife's phone number? Yep. How about, could you rattle off your dad's phone number? How many phone numbers you got memorized? Six. Six. How many you got memorized? Oh, got a lot more than six. More than six? <laughs> a you lot still more have than six. more than six? He's really good with numbers, though. You're good with and numbers? And with memorization. I got a lot more than six. I got like two numbers mesmerized. (laughs) But you forgot all the others then. Oh, yeah, because my phone. (laughs) Half the time I'm like, what's the name it's under? What what name did I put it under? That's my problem. Mm -hmm. I have to put cigars in a lot of things. So then I just type in cigars, and then and it's like, oh, a truckload of stuff. That's right, Luis Cuevas. That that's the guy I'm looking for. Looking for Alec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not an X with a C. With With a C. C. I screwed it up. You know, (laughs) it happens. I don't know. I I wouldn't say that. I'd say the way things are going, I don't think we're relying too much per se on technology. I. But then again, I'm I'm from a different generation, right? I think I'm Generation Z, as a matter of fact. I think we. I I don't know what the hell you guys are. Yeah, I think I think I think I'm Z. 2001. They stopped counting after the millennials because everything just went to, you know. Yeah, it was the crap. It's, it's, like, like, a it's a term. technology industry. Okay, great. That's a, It's like, it's, it helps, although I'm also not a big believer that you should absolutely lose your marbles if you don't have technology available. That's something that to me doesn't personally make a lot of sense. However, I do get it. A lot of individuals have plenty of their contacts, numbers that you need to remember, uh, emails you need to look into that you have at your pocket. It's at your disposal. Well, yeah, the, the phone has become a, a portable office. I think of my phone as, as that. I mean, all the, a bunch of stuff. I, it's on here so when, when you lose your phone or misplace it, which I'm really absent-minded with stuff, um, I'm more afraid of what may be on the phone that I've lost that I need to contact someone or I got right. than I am about the phone itself. I could give a crap about the phone. No, right? it's more the connection that it plugs you yeah. into, the convenience. Correct. Correct. It's the adaptation of it. So, And that just like back in the day, you had to memorize everybody's number. You had to go through a phone book and pull up everybody's accounts, actually call and dial mm-hmm. manually. And uh, really now... You had to call Empire Social Lounge and say, is Lewis and Alec in the shop? Yeah, they are. You want to talk to them? Sure. Yep. Nowadays, they just get you on your own. Like, that's so weird. It, it is. But, you know, you know what always fascinated me? As, as, as cool as email is, as, as interesting as it is, and we can do text and all that, the fax, the fax machine. I remember just thinking about a fax. You get a piece of paper, and it's got some ink on it, and you send it to, I don't know, Tokyo, Japan, to talk about, you know, and, and <laughs> boom, they get it. I just, I mean, that was kind of cool. 
it's unbelievable. It was kind of cool way back when, right? So now, who has can, the facts anymore? But you can take through a phone line letters and text and then make it come out basically on another printer. Mm-hmm. And then why is the fax line so secure? They're like, oh, we can't accept email, but we can accept fax. Fax. Why? Why? I know. Because there's somebody over there by the fax machine guarding it. Do not look at this piece of paper exactly. coming off. Half the time it falls on the ground face up and everyone can see it. There's yep. your social security number, everything else. <laughs> Absolutely. What are you talking about? This is more secure. So, Alec, you were, dire- you were named director of operations in 2020. Yes, sir. What does that mean, director of operations? Director of operations in my position means keeping track of all the reports, doing the commissions, making sure that other local shops, if they don't have representation, proper representation in that territory that I call on them, make sure they're doing all right. Um, checking up on the back orders and making sure we get that out as soon as possible. Maintaining that relationship with the brokers as well, not only to make sure they're content, but also in the same notion of they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And most of the time they are, right? So it's not, it's not you know, jumping into the fray of things, especially with that title being handed towards me, that's not something you can just outright... That title was handed to you? By my father, yes, sir. <laughs> Your what? My father, yes, sir. He was like, you know what, as of this but moment in time... But you didn't earn that title? Director of Operations? That's the thing. So uh, back before I was Director of Operations, I was essentially the packaging department. <laughs> so I'd put things together, and I would. I remember doing drives over to, like, let's say, Stewart, Florida, a two-hour trip to go over there and drop off product and make the trip back. Um, I had a blast doing it. Don't get me wrong. but You're I, a glorified delivery you. Exactly. UPS, give pizza, me a call. Put the pizza... Uh, thing on the, the bu- top yeah, and head there you out. Go. You're good to go. Essentially it. The Casa Cuevas Pizza Hood. Yeah, it, it was uh, it, the Cuevas car or whatever you'd like to call it. Even then, um, I had a lot of fun doing that because I still had the availability to go see shops and still show my face around so they knew who, you know, the lineage and everything else. But you weren't directing operations. Not at that moment in time. We had another director of sales, Gabriel Alvarez, who recently passed away. Um, but even on that notion, when I did end up, how it occurred, and uh, I don't actually talk about this very often, so something else that you can only catch on Box Press. My father, when we were doing the numbers and everything else, says, you know what, I'm going to put you in a position of director of operations. And it was, it was I, I said, okay. I said, let's do it. But obviously, it's, it's nerve-wracking as hell. Uh, you don't go to college for being director of operations. Most of the time, they don't give that information to you on paper. You're not taking exams on it. So no. it was really nerve-wracking. I didn't quite know what that position entailed, at least for the company So you just standpoint. did the easiest thing, box up orders and deliver. And at that time, though, I couldn't really I'm do operating. much else. So. Uh, yeah, now, now I'm the operation side of things. So, But it's the thing was, I had a lot more. And as you know, I recently graduated. So um, back then, I was still starting off in college. At that point in time, I was hell, even a freshman, if not sophomore. And... I had a lot of classes and I had a lot of stuff going on. I was studying for accounting, jumping into that program that FIU has, which is where I went to school. They have an immense program, but you really have to study hardcore for it. Given that time that I allocated towards actually packaging up and everything else, if I were to do hence what I'm doing now, I don't think I, I would have done too well on my studies. Some of that really required a good amount of my attention and to really deviate, I think it was well thought out, if anything else. I got to a certain portion where I took my exam to enter the intermediate class and everything there was been history. And I had that opportunity available to me, a lot more free time to actually learn that aspect of things. So when my father said, you're gonna take the mantle of director operations, I was thrilled and I felt that it was a great time to do it. Uh, did not know what I was doing at first. A lot of that came from Gabriel Alvarez, who was a huge mentor when it came to actually running the systems, what should be done properly in accordance to how he's been doing it. And he was doing phenomenal for us before I even jumped onto the board full time. So 
all that aside, my position right now, not only is it a blast, and I'm not going to consider it easy by the slightest. A lot of numbers and a lot of different paperwork you do need to end up doing for export and import regulations. For certain shops that have issues with their credit cards, I'm sometimes hunting down shops when it comes to a payment that maybe is a little bit overdue. Things like that do take time, and it's a relatively tedious position, but it's one that I'm extremely grateful for, and one that's taught me a lot on that business managerial aspect of things when it comes to helping nurture a brand. So you learn more from Gabriel than possibly your father on how to be a director of operations. Exactly. And you know, I, you I, were never really the director of operations? No, I'm just a guy that you signs the paycheck. You just always hired somebody smarter than that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and don't, don't so get yeah, me wrong, like, Alec really does um, a, a really good job, and he's gotten a handle on it. And as the brand has grown, we travel a great deal to visit accounts and to give them support. A lot of times we'll visit accounts, meaning out of state, just to say thank you. It's not even a sales call. It just drop by. We go to Phoenix three or four times a year, and you know, half those times, they've already purchased whatever they're purchasing. I'm not going for an event. We're going just to say, hey, thank you so much for carrying our product. And we really appreciate it. All we do is just smoke a cigar. Well, as we've expanded our territories, we can't be at two places at once. So sometimes we'll divvy it up and Alec will go by himself. He was just in Texas by himself. Oh, right. Uh, as of this week. And, and doing doing the job of being essentially the brand owner uh, you know he carries the last name so why not change the title thing. to that that's me only right founder now. or because as of right now it's um which right is an interesting coin Inter <laughs> yeah but even that so i was talking about this in texas and um they call it principles essentially yeah. you have the principles come in which is a term that uh, although it's yeah. coined and it is used at least domestically here in the states and probably universal at that but something that I've never heard before because he's considered the president of the company but we're both considered the principal because right. we're literally a two-man show <clears throat> right excuse me especially down here where we're packaging department shipping department complaints department uh, I, I clean the, the, the bathrooms the yeah, the janitorial staff, yeah like the whole nine we do it all so it's it's and it's also fun I have to say on a side note to go out to these locations in these territories and they're expecting an individual that's more in his you know his mid-years he's been spoken for a good portion of time he's got that lineage with him but it shows whether in the wrinkles or the laugh lines whatever the case may be so to have a young schmuck like me walk through the door who the heck is this guy I'm like well i'm alec cuevas director of operations and right off the bat the biggest thing that i've received and it's also another not really a con something that i consider bittersweet is that i'll walk through a door with my position and a lot of shopkeepers and shop owners, um, um, even managers, customers, you name it, will look at me in the first glance. They'll be like, what does he know about cigars that I haven't picked up in my lifetime? And I always, you know, I'm very honest, truthful with it. And it's to say, maybe I, I possibly haven't had that experience under my belt. Of course not. I've been smoking for only a few years at this point. A hefty amount of time and a good variety, but possibly not like these individuals that have been smoking for 20, 25 plus years, have been running their shop since God knows how long. So to come through and give them the experience on my side of things as a distributor and they see that knowledge and that gives me that little token of respect from them, that is, that is tremendous to me. It makes all the difference in the world and not necessarily for sales, but in terms of keeping that connection strong. Because at the end of the day, like my father said, I am one of the individuals of this industry. It makes, you know, looking at it, you can look at my father and immediately you'll understand he's the president of the company and it fits his bill. You look at somebody like me on 23 years old, a younger individual walking through your shop, you might as well, you will know me from him and Adam. 
I'm a consumer. I'm, you know, the guy who's going to replace EEC. I could be anything. Right. But to be associated as director of operations for a brand, most people get taken back by that. Why not sales manager, director, or national sales director? We didn't want to take that title of director of sales from Gabriel Alvarez. So he started off with us from the beginning, and we even even from when he left, we wanted him and only him to keep that title. Oh, it's he already an, had that title? It's an so homage. He Gabriel, wasn't the operations guy? No, Gabriel was uh, director of, of sales. He was the but guy. he also did the operations. He did, but that was his title, director of sales. His card said director of sales, and, and when Gabe left um, and wound up in the construction industry, uh, he, I just wanted to keep that aside, so he became director of operations. And, and piggybacking... I mean, if the company keeps going the way it's going and we keep growing, then sometime in the future, Alec will be promoted to something else. And he'll yeah, because we a actually title. need a director of operations in that spot. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Not that he hasn't already earned it. <laughs> He's earned but it. But you're going to have to get another director of operations in that spot because he needs to move on to being a principal. Correct. Except he can be a principal, be director of operations. If I'm president of the company and I freaking clean toilets just as well and, and, and sweep and, and mop and do all the stuff that a president wouldn't do, and he very well can have a, a title that means something else perhaps right. and still do what he's doing, the grunt work. I mean, But that's the never, ever give up attitude. Mm -hmm. never, never give up. Be humble. Yep. You're exactly. humble enough to clean a toilet. Yep. And you never give up. So the title, title's the title. The title's the title. I do whatever it takes to move Casa that, Cuevas forward. And that's, yes. where, that's where we're at. That's yeah. where we're at. I mean, I'm, and I, you know, I'm, there's small companies, mom and pop shops. We are as small as it gets, right? With my dad running the factory and Alec and I doing uh, the stuff over here to promote the brand, give it the support it needs, really. Right. Um, all of it. So we're pretty much as small as you can get even even when the cigars sometimes don't come out the way we want them to there's been issues with let's say binder or some cigars are just not doing what they're supposed to be doing i can't really point a finger and say it's the factory's fault because i am the factory <laughs> right right so i'm just pointing at myself and so you know we we take that very much to heart mm -hmm. and our motto has always been the customer is always right and the customer is always right if uh, wow, we say that's this to a shops. lot to say, though, in the tobacco industry. Always right. Let nah, me tell you, man. We, we've got these a, retailers and some customers, even consumers. They're not always right. They don't know. Uh, they don't know. You know what? Let's they see. complain about this or that. We once went into a shop in Phoenix in the middle of the summer, so 115, whatever the heck it was, and zero percent humidity. And an individual had walked in, and he had bought a box of our Maduro Gordo from the Coraline. And they had all essentially just blown up on the guy. So when we walked into the shop, I had already gotten the complaint. We should had sent them. In there. We had sent them. Well, they should have. We had sent them a um, a replacement box. And when I walked into that humidor, we walked into the humidor. The level of humidity that they had in there was super, super low. <laughs> I mean, their stuff was just going to hell in a handbasket. We remedied the issue by pointing that out. Um, See, they're not I always never, right. Correct. But that consumer was made whole by us. And I never called that shop out on it and said, by the way, we replaced this box when it's really your fault. It just We just don't function that way. The shop knew at that point when we had indicated, look at the levels that you have of humidity in this place. 
they knew they were wrong. Um, yeah, I just didn't to... sit there and say, hey, by the way, how can you let this happen? Right. You, you follow me, yeah? But so you nudged them into Then the, into, why into would you even get involved in the first place? Because if, if I'm the retailer, uh-huh. I go, holy crap, uh, your, your cigars are all blowing up. Let me double check. Oh, man, my humidity's way off. I got to tweak this. And you wouldn't have even been involved had I done that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. So. It all worked out. And all, all the, the five years, that we're going to hit five years now in April that we've been around, I've always, we've always stood behind that, that the customer is always right. And whenever we get a complaint, we replace, no questions asked. And then, you know, we'll, we'll try to get to what the, the problem is. But still, customer service comes first. And we have had maybe five instances in five years where... It's really good. Where, you know, where somebody has actually said, hey, by the way, this dude bought a box of this or the other. And I mean, the other day we had um, a weird one happen. <laughs> this gentleman bought... I've never seen this one happen. <laughs> two Maduro Flacos. Going back to the Flacos. Maduros. Yep. He opened up one of the boxes and it was full of Habanos. Ah! It had 10 Habanos. So he essentially got a Maduro and an Habano but the dude got two abanos because they were boxed incorrectly. Right. Um, we just sent them another box straight Literally to his house. This Literally, this morning we sent it to to his home. Hopefully and by the way, now he's got himself three boxes for the price <laughs> of two. No, so you, you know, you kind of you don't you don't sit there and make an excuse. Um, right. You just make sure that that consumer is made. And you're not even oh. asking them to send back the faulty nope. box. No, sir. Love that. No, sir. That's, nope. you know, there's part of that that's like, you know, I get some industries that's a really expensive product, so they do want to ship it back. But at the end of the day, okay. We, we've shipped uh, incorrectly sometimes. They'll ask for a, um, I don't know, a Maduro Robusto in our Reserva line. And they also ask for a Maduro Robusto in our core line. And what happens is they receive two Maduro Robustos in the Reserva and not the core. So we say keep the core one. Right? You don't even charge them for it? No. Oh, keep the core wow. one. I'm surprised. And, 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 if you want to keep that one, you can we'll, go and, and keep we'll, it. And we'll, and we'll charge you for it and we'll send you the we'll, other one. Well, because or it's on our fault. It's on the RN. It, it was our fault. So We're the ones that made a mistake packaging yeah. it. Well-run company by two great individuals plus the whole team that you have behind you. Alec, Lewis, thank you, guys guys for sitting down with me thank you thank you for sharing your story thank you thank you for sharing key inside information with our fans out there if you guys are interested in picking up these cigars you guys do not sell direct to consumers so you either got to go through a brick and mortar or an online retailer yep okay so you can pick it up find somebody who's selling casa cueva cigars they're great cigars this was phenomenal it had some spice to it and then it had some balance and mellowing out I love it when it kind of changes as you smoke it. So mm-hmm. it's great. Thank Appreciate you. it, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you. Is there anything else you'd want to say to the fans out there? If not, we'll end it here. No. I mean, uh, thank you for even giving us the opportunity. Um, our aim is always to be part of your humidor, not the only thing you smoke, but part of your rotation. Uh, I've said, and I'll say it again, life's too short to smoke a bad cigar and too long to smoke the same cigar. So by the same token, if you're just married to one particular brand, branch out there, and if we can make it in your humidors, that would be a, just a blessing. So, I've never heard the inverse of that. So, yeah, it's, life's too short to smoke bad cigars, but I've never heard it's also too short to smoke the same thing. That's mm-hmm. a good point. I like that. 
Yep. Yes, I'm going to use that. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, on my end, I'd say if you are a fan of that Lancero size, I do know that it's a niche market. But I'm a personally huge fan of Lancero sizes. Get them while they're hot. We have a, a couple hundred left over, but there's no not not nearly enough a 750 count for each as of right yeah, now. Yeah, we've we've sold through yeah. a good amount of them. When they're gone, they're gone. You gotta when wait. When they're for gone, they're gone. You gotta five wait four years. years. Four years. Essentially, four years. it'll be 2026. 2026. 2026. Okay, four years. So pick them up while they're hot, especially at your local retailers. And if they don't have them, ask for them. Ask for them. Mm -hmm. We'd be more than happy to do business. Awesome. That's another episode of Box Press. As always, keep that humidor humidified with Boveda. Protect your passion. Go over to bovedainc.com if you need anything or hit up your local retailer. We appreciate you and have a great weekend.